When we originally aired this story in the first season of Unstoppable Minds, Dr. Phoebe R. Stubblefield shared her research and work uncovering graves of victims from the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre. As we approached releasing Season 2, Phoebe and a team of researchers began a second excavation of a cemetery in Tulsa. Phoebe herself is a descendant of a survivor of the massacre, and we wanted to share her story again. Before we get into this episode, we want to acknowledge that some of the content may be a bit heavy to hear due to its discussion of violence, racially charged events, and racial trauma. However, the work being conducted by researchers at the University of Florida contributes to uncovering the lost histories of these events. Welcome to Unstoppable Minds, a podcast out of the University of Florida, looking at the challenges and triumphs that come with a life in academia and research. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen, an assistant professor of computer and information science and engineering at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom a lecturer in the Engineering Education Department, also in the Herbert Wertheim College of Engineering. We know quite well that science, research, learning, it's all about trial and error. So we're sitting down with some of our colleagues here at UF who've stared down some pretty big challenges in the quest for knowledge. So Jeremy, we're both traditionally trained in STEM fields. Right. We don't really talk about what STEM means, but it's science, technology, engineering, mathematics. And within the sciences space, we're really referring to the natural sciences, things like chemistry, biology, geology, those types of disciplines. Right. And we definitely have to work hard to integrate social science into everything that we do. So when I talk about social sciences and talking about things like psychology, economics, archaeology, history, anthropology, these are all things that involve people and society. And I think a lot of the innovation and the usefulness of things comes from considering both sides of that equation here. The University of Florida actually has a very robust offering of courses in the social sciences, as well as degree programs. We're actually going to hear from someone whose research exists at the intersection of natural sciences and the social sciences. I'm Dr. Phoebe R. Stubblefield. I'm a research assistant scientist at the University of Florida. My profession is forensic anthropology. Forensic anthropology is a subfield of physical anthropology, and it focuses on applying skeletal analysis and techniques in archaeology to help identify individuals from bones when other physical characteristics no longer exist. Some measurements of the skull are associated with other features of the rest of the skeleton. We're interested in how body size is related to life. And this work is incredibly invaluable in documenting things like trauma to the body or estimating how long a corpse has been decomposing. I mean, along with things that we want to know, like age and sex and other unique characteristics of the corpse. But I think more importantly, this is how we uncover lost history. And in this case, Dr. Stubblefield is using her research to uncover the collective history of the Tulsa Race Massacre. I don't have recollection of it being discussed uh, until I was an adult and maybe not until I did the first, uh, I was active in the first round of investigation when we used to call it a Tulsa race riot. That was 20 years ago. For our listeners who haven't heard of the Tulsa race massacre, let me tell you about what happened. In 1921, a white elevator operator falsely accused a young Black man of assaulting her while riding an elevator. 
At the time, there was a nearby affluent Black neighborhood in Tulsa called Greenwood, which was often referred to as Black Wall Street because it was so prosperous. After the accusation, large groups of both white and Black residents converged onto the neighborhood. Violence erupted for two days as rioters destroyed homes and businesses, leaving anywhere between 30 and 300 people dead. And most of these victims were Black. The survivors made statements saying it seemed like bombs were being dropped from the sky. And there were even many stories of people seeing fire coming from the sky. Martial law set in and families of the dead could not get near the bodies or claim them. And they were never told what happened to these bodies. Just last year, two sites were identified at a local cemetery in Tulsa that could be mass graves from the massacre. Dr. Stubblefield is part of the team that was hired to examine the skulls and other remains that were found. Dr. Stubblefield, where does your work come in should these sites turn out to be mass graves? I'll be on site for the excavation so I can examine the skeletal remains as they lie there. And I'll be looking for signs of violent death. So I hopefully, because we hope these will be our people, will determine if they're related to the, well, to a violent event. And, um, for one side, at least, we'll associate that with the race massacre if there are signs of violence. How has technology aided your ability to be able to identify where these graves are located? So we're using some of the same technology, ground-penetrating radar. That's given us our best images of disturbances in the ground that resemble burials. So ground-penetrating radar, it does a radar scan, essentially, of the ground. And what it shows you is when the ground is not laying in the same pattern in different spots. And you have to interpret what that means. So thorough scanning and disturbed versus undisturbed locations, and you get results like, hey, there's a disturbance that measures about 10 by 30. That's our site in Oak Lawn. Mm -hmm. Or here's another disturbance that's about five by five. Those are our sites in the Canes area. The technology that she's using here is really cool. And we can definitely relate since we're engineers. And this is also where this intersection of social science and forensic science in particular come in. I love the fact that they're leveraging kind of state-of-the-art techniques to be able to help aid in the identification of remains in these grave sites. I'm so glad that, you know, we're going to live through the time where, where we're going to see the results of technology's influence in forensics anthropology. I also think it's really fulfilling for the people who work on radar technology who may not have even thought that their work could be applied to something with such huge social impact. And Dr. Stubblefield is literally on the front lines of providing information that we've we've been missing, like just gaps in history that will finally be filled because of her work. So now the work that you're going to be doing is likely going to be under a lot of public scrutiny. And I mean, this is understandably so because it's a very emotionally charged situation and people want answers despite not talking about them. And there's likely political pressure around that. How challenging is that for you as a researcher? 
Traditionally in Oklahoma and Tulsa, the knowledge of the Tulsa of the race massacre was suppressed. Historically, if you look at the microfilm of the newspaper from those days in June, you'll see that the headline for the newspaper was removed before the paper was filmed. And the editorial page is also edited. Most of the information for the event occurs in, um, in international newspapers, in fact, just because of that degree of not documenting the event internally. But after 100 years, I can say we're in a window where at least I'm not getting public threats or public attempts at suppression uh, in that way. We are trying hard to be as transparent as possible, even to the point where we're working with the city of Tulsa. The mayor's office is fully on board and developing a way for the public oversight committee to have either members on site as observers or to observe with the media. We have a media observation area plan. But this whole process has been with monthly meetings with the general public and the public oversight committee just to reverse that history of, you know, masking the truth. Back at the University of Florida, Dr. Stubblefield continues to teach her students about the crucial role of forensic anthropology in solving some of our country's mysteries. And she's recently been delving into another example that's similar to the Tulsa Massacre. In 1923, not too far from us in Gainesville, a white mob destroyed the predominantly Black town of Rosewood, Florida. This was just two years after Tulsa, and it was sparked by claims from a white woman that a Black man had assaulted her. After a week of violence, the town was burnt completely to the ground, leaving six Black people and two white people dead. So what are your thoughts on making sure that our students are fully aware of the history of places like Tulsa and Rosewood? So there are political issues, but my goal still is having my grad students here participate in the recovery if we confirm that these are our individuals. This recovery is about helping the people of Tulsa, the Black people of Tulsa, recover from having this event being hidden for so many years by their government. And so part of that recovery involves their activity in this excavation. And so it's a wrapped together process of UF students involved, Tulsa residents involved, and keeping it transparent. How do you ensure that the students understand the history? There are two things I tell them to do. I've given them access to my colleague, Scott Ellsworth, his book, Death in the Promised Land. And it's a very concise and complete history of the event. But the other aspect is having them watch some of the public oversight committee response to our monthly meetings. Yeah, because, you know, it's a, it's a view of how we, the, the City of Tulsa, the Physical Evidence Committee, the Public Oversight Committee, our interactions, how we're helping bring, I'd say closure, but it's really the transparency. My students need that exposure to that public element because in forensic anthropology, who are we serving? You know, technically we're serving the families of the deceased. And those people are often invisible because we work with skeletal elements, but there's still a family there and still a public. So events like this Tulsa race massacre recovery 
keeps the public right there. And it speaks to uh, our ability to behave well with human remains, how we treat living individuals associated with a death event, and they'll get real-time training in that, that they won't get in many a uh, current forensic case here in Florida. Thank you so much, Dr. Stubblefield, for sharing your story and your research with us. You're welcome. Dr. Stubblefield's work is such a unique example of natural and social sciences working together. Through forensic science, she's potentially providing answers to questions that have caused anguish in Tulsa's Black community for nearly 100 years. And Rosewood is just an hour away from us here at the University of Florida. Yeah, it's pretty incredible that her work is going to be something that, you know, really changes the, the narrative of history in our country. Yeah, absolutely. I think like it also is really cool because the students get to, and all of us actually, get to change from being consumers of history to being people who can be a part of creating history. So they can kind of change the model of being told to saying, actually, our research shows this is what happened and these are the factors and this is what went on in an area. Yeah, I think what's key in what you're saying is they, in some ways, are kind of dispelling the myth that you know, you can't be a scientist in the social sciences. Right. You absolutely can. And UF is kind of spearheading that movement. This is Unstoppable Minds, a podcast out of the University of Florida. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen. And I'm Dr. Jeremy Waysom. Thanks for joining us. Unstoppable Minds is produced by Endeavor Content and Katherine Welch. Managing producer, Samantha Allison. Creative development by 160 Over 90 with Benjamin Riskin. Engineering and post-production by Amita Ganatra and Adam Allison. Unstoppable Minds, owned by the University of Florida, is created with many thanks to the talents of Allison Clark, Emily Cardinali, Matthew Abramson, Brianne Leanne, Wise Clairvoyant, and Brian Sandusky. If you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more information about our show and the awesome professors at University of Florida by visiting our website at ufl.edu slash unstoppable minds. Until next time, go Gators! Gators!